This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel. I'm Dr. Noel Pomeroy, a clinical sexologist and licensed mental health counselor. I'm going to be talking to guests about sex scenes from movies and TV that they find the most memorable. Maybe it's because it caused them to have a personal epiphany. Or it could be a scene they watched thousands of times for personal research. Or it could be the first time they ever learned a single thing about sex. I am so happy to have our first all-star guest back on the podcast, fellow mental health professional Casey Wiley. That's me, man. And I truly do appreciate all of the props for that. As I am an avid listener, I am a huge fan and very excited to be back on the show. Oh, well, I'm honored to have you. <laughs> and I'm glad this is episode 13. I'm surprised we're even I'm even still going because, you know, I didn't know how this would turn out. So I'm thrilled that, you know, you are listening and maybe the other people that are listening are continuing to listen. Ideally, yes. And I would continue to enjoy the episodes being put out on mm-hmm. there. So if I have to be here to make that happen, I will. I will do that. <laughs> well, because we're on the precipice of February, you brought mm-hmm. horror films. It's <laughs> actually a fair point. I don't think I... For me, any month is Halloween, you know? So February is just thrillers, and that is what's going to happen today. <laughs> so, yeah, you brought sex scenes from horror films. and sure Is there, like, a theme with horror and sex? There's very much is. And I think one of the biggest uh, tropes, which we will talk about, but is um, whenever you have sex in a horror movie, you are supposed to die right right after, if mm. not in the same scene. And so that I think is one of the ones that is the most indicative of the horror genre in how, I guess, sex goes hand in hand with it. And mm-hmm. so that I think we will find out if it happens in all of the thrillers we will talk about. All right. So our first film from the year 2000 although it takes place in the 80s mm-hmm. American Psycho with Christian Bale Jared Leto Reese Witherspoon and a bunch of old other actors that, a bunch of them yeah. yeah and he is a murderous psychopath yes I, I would presume that is I think that they go ahead and say he's a psycho at some point yeah so that's fair yeah so Christian Bale plays Patrick Bateman And tell me what it is about this particular sex scene that made you bring it in today. So I think mainly because as a child, I saw it with my dad and my brother for the first time. That is really alarming. It was alarming. It was mainly because it was meant to be like one of the like family movies. Oh, my goodness. This is like a killer movie. And it's I think my father was always okay with a rated R if it was like action violence kind of rated are versus anything to do with sex and oh. this uh just so happened to be very very explicit through it just through covers the, everything really does it really very gory very horrific again not a movie you want to be found to watch with your your sibling and your father um but other than that i think that the actual scene itself also speaks to just being crazy enough to talk about on this podcast so i don't want to pick on your dad but this particular (laughs) thing i hear a lot of i think my parents probably Mm -hmm. approach it the same way so uh, that parents are okay with your kids seeing violence but not sex to me you know so the idea is like oh so they bit they, they like chop the girl up in little pieces and put mm-hmm. her in a bag. Okay, but 
mm-hmm. I better not see any humping. And it's like, really? I would much prefer, much prefer seeing someone joyously having a good time rather than truly being brutalized and murdered. And I, I mean, I would say that my dad totally felt that way as a parent. So I don't know, man. <laughs> so Patrick Bateman is having sex with two women yes, on yes. his bed. And I think what makes the scene a little bit unusual from a traditional three-person uh-huh. sex scene, a traditional three-person yes. sex scene, is that he is looking at himself in the mirror the whole time. It's truly, when you put it that way, it's more of a uh, it's more of a singular sex scene than any threesome I've ever seen, honestly. Because he is. He's looking at himself in the mirror the entire time. The only times he is gleefully like with this broad smile that is very sociopathic um is when he's looking at himself not the women the women are entirely inconsequential to him other than just to like validate his own existence in that bedroom and to like beef himself up um which is very alarming to watch and in this movie he is in tip-top physical condition he looks objectively very good very handsome um worries much about his his body he even tans in a tanning bed and his clothing yeah. so his this is actually a masturbating scene there just happened to be two women that present. is exactly what it is yeah he is he's getting off on himself but mm-hmm. there are just so happens to be other women in the room as well mm-hmm. um but he i mean and now i truly see it through the eyes of a little known fact about this movie i guess it's actually probably not little known but he was basing his characterization off of Tom Cruise at the time and he said one of his quotes was there was it's like seeing someone smile but there's nothing behind their eyes oh and that I think is Patrick Bateman in and of itself like this like a bit of a removed not that I know Tom Cruise as a person but to base his character off of in the scene makes some sense Hmm. Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) I was watching it I haven't I've told you I'm not a huge fan of this movie I think it's really brutal and I I don't enjoy it It doesn't bring me any joy at all um the scene of him looking in the mirror reminded me so much of tiktok Mm -hmm. instagram reels like stories and all that like Mm -hmm. look at look at me look at me look at me I know that makes me sound like an old hag but (laughs) frankly like it really it was like this is what people are doing all the time Mm -hmm. performing to attract attention absolutely it's a total performance and i think speaking to the tiktok of him he would be a tiktok star for sure mm-hmm. um to a point that i i would cringe seeing his videos because he would be very much um look at me look at me potentially posting videos of him having sex in mirrors who yep. knows <laughs> he could do that we don't know if this movie was made in 2022 jared leto who plays a supporting character would yeah. definitely have been patrick bateman oh my gosh you're right yes that would actually fit his role entirely as to who he has become yeah because his character of paul adams yeah. or whoever he is was way too normal for a Jared Leto. He would never touch thing. that role with a 10-foot pole now. No. He would be not not edgy enough for me. <laughs> so our next movie we're going to talk about is 2009's Jennifer's Body. And it does not surprise me at all, Casey, that you picked this. <laughs> and I could go on for a day about why you would yeah. have picked this. Yeah. <laughs> Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. Yes. 
And uh, the movie was written by Diablo Cody mm-hmm. th- three years after she won the Oscar for Juno. Yes. Which is an amazing movie. An incredible film. So uh, tell me a little bit about why you picked the scene from Jennifer's Body. Okay. So actually, and now to think about it through, it is written and directed both by women, which I think following the cult classic of how this movie came about because initially it was not very popular now it is very popular mm-hmm. as a like people re-watching it i do think it's under the eyes of this like feminist theory of like screw men and i'm a demonic force and i'm going to get back at all men who just want to have sex pe- with people they don't want to connect or anything like it that's something that the movie follows quite often. The scene itself with Needy and her boyfriend. And Needy is um, Amanda okay. Seyfried. Yes, she is Amanda Seyfried. And she's having sex for, I believe it's the first time, if not really like early in the stages of having sex. Um, they are so adorably awkward in it and Mm, i think it's her longtime boyfriend it's a long-term boyfriend they obviously have a lot of trust with each other i think one of the things that stood out to me in seeing it was i was i think about 16 at the time and i remember being very comforted by the fact that it was both of them kind of figuring each other out um, and that's okay. It's allowed to be a little bit bumpy. Um, and, and that I found really cool. It is juxtaposed with a scene of Megan Fox's character, um, brutally murdering, um, one of the men that she's meeting. And so it is a little bit odd in terms of the juxtaposition and the dichotomy between the two mm-hmm. scenes, but I do find the actual sex scene in and of itself to be quite, um, quite, I don't know, awkward teenagers just trying to figure things out. Yeah, it's not common that you see like a first time sweet sex scene, Mm -hmm. you know, flashing to a woman eating a man's heart. (laughs) Yes. It's not a common thing, Um, (laughs) but I liked it. Yeah. (laughs) What was interesting to me about, so Johnny Simmons' character is on top in the missionary position and they both kind of seem to be enjoying themselves. He is... Doing some like serious deep breathing and focusing, mm-hmm. kind of. Oh, I got this, <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of the advice I give yeah. uh, clients that have premature ejaculation issues, yeah. and I'm you know because they just panic instead mm-hmm. of and so I'm like work on your breathing, pay attention to the sensations you're having, Absolutely. and his character is definitely doing that. However. <laughs> He is so focused on his own mm-hmm. breathing that he has no idea what his partner has going on. Not a clue that Amanda Seyfried is essentially uh, psychically seeing her best friend murder someone brutally and is reacting to it in such a way that she is like increasing the excitement of her potential moans but also just like fear response and he thinks he's incredible because of it he's like okay i got this like she's really into it and she is not she's scared and she thinks blood is dripping down from the ceiling at one point she's wiping it away from her face there's nothing there but he like you said is so zen like in his breathing that he (laughs) has no idea (laughs) like literally no clue to the point where at the end she sits up very abrupt and he's like am i too big is this was this too too intense too good for you and obviously Obviously, that was not the case. (laughs) Not hurting you? 
And he wasn't even looking at her face. No. Because he would have been able to see that she was freaked mm-hmm. out rather than just listening to her sounds. I And I think that's a good, a good nod to the fact that verbal communication and sex is probably way better than just relying on someone's perceived moaning as to being good because to give the boy credit it is sometimes hard to discern those sounds you know i think some sex sounds in movies are randomly dinosaurs like squawking like it's Mm -hmm. you gotta be careful (laughs) i will sometimes be watching a scene um from this for for the show on my phone and my husband will be sitting on the couch and he kind of looks over and i think it takes him a second to figure out like fighting scene (laughs) sex scene or is someone really enjoying their meal like it's very hard to tell it's sometimes not that easy yeah (laughs) so it would not be a casey wiley appearance on the podcast without a nev campbell film i just always have to bring her man she is everything and yes we have to we have to talk about her we have to talk about scream we're gonna talk about 1996's (laughs) scream and i was kind of as we're contemplating talking about this movie i was thinking okay you've brought uh wild things this and then i I guess at some point we're gonna have to do the craft we're gonna have to do the craft i'm gonna go ahead and have to pencil that into your schedule at some point (laughs) but i just think that everyone needs to hear a little bit of nev campbell in their lives and so i'm really just giving the people what they need you know that's really (laughs) all it is so scream from 96 the original yes arguably the best one the best one uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Drew Barrymore, Rose McGowan, Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy. It's the dream team, man. It really is. Yes, they're, this movie is everything. The scene is everything. Setting up to the scene is um, the trope, the trope that we were talking about before. I went into this movie, and at one point, Randy the all-knowing Randy, gives the rules to horror movies. Like, one of the rules is that if you have sex, you die. Like, that is it. And so you go into this scene with Sidney Prescott and Billy Loomis, and I assumed, like, I think watching it for the first time, like, oh, my God, Nev Campbell can't die in the first movie. Like, what is about to happen? She's having sex. She's going to get, like, she's taken out in the next scene. I know she's going to. Mm-hmm. And she does not. No. And one of the weird kind of twisted things about mm-hmm. this whole setup is so she and Billy have apparently been dating for quite a while. Yeah. One exactly one year earlier, her mother had been raped and murdered. Yes. And so she has had, understandably, quite a traumatic a reaction of to that. Mm-hmm. And Billy, the oh, rat this bastard. Boy. Yeah. He's like. Our relationship is too PG-13. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have be more sexual? Why mm-hmm. can't this? And he has a seemingly, probably now that we know the ending, yes. for a variety of reasons, no patience for her process. Literally no pa- At one point she calls her out. He calls her out and says, like, my mom left and yours died. I'm over it. Like, why aren't you? You need to get over your trauma. And it, like... Every time I hear that scene, my brain, like, gets set on fire. Because I'm like, the trauma of her mother being raped and murdered, you crazy person. And in that in that moment, we also should probably know he is a legitimate crazy person. Because he is. <laughs> Sydney does point it out. as She yes. says, your mom left you. My mom was murdered. Yeah. That Not the same thing. Which no. I think is good. Fair. So... She does, in the third act of this movie, decide to have sex with him. She sure does. She's like, and I think as a nod to not being a 
a victim. She does decide, like, I'm going to go ahead and own this. Like, I'm not going to let my past define me. I'm going to, you know, embark on my sexual awakening. Let's go. And she decides that. It is very quickly, um, because following that scene, Skeet Ulrich, um, Billy Loomis, is then stabbed. And so you assume, oh my gosh, he, he actually isn't the killer. Like, he's off my list. Some He's innocent and, oh no, now she's lost her love. Um, later on, we find out that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a very crazy way to lose your virginity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then within that night to have murdered the person you lost your... Or I'm sorry, defended yourself yes. from murder. Yes. <laughs> yes. By killing the person you lost your virginity yes. to. I think that if she had solely had sex with him yeah. as like a giving in to Billy, yes. it would have made me look at it one way. I would have been kind of like, eh, I don't It would like have that. been more some for sure. But because of all the chaos going on, the murders and everything, she was like, I'm going to control the situation. I'm going to own this mm-hmm. and I'm going to have sex with him, which made it a little bit more palatable for me. Absolutely. And I think that is probably why I will talk to all my friends and family about scream for the rest of my life is a nod <laughs> to like Sydney Prescott is never seen as a victim throughout the films throughout the um, franchise really like it is one particular instance I think even in her losing her virginity that isn't seen as something like oh no um, I'm gonna be pre- like you said pressured into it or I'm gonna make decisions based on what other people are doing I'm gonna like just be this badass woman mm-hmm. and she is she grew like and luckily, spoiler alert, she does kill him and she is a badass. Yeah. And Wes Craven, when he made this, actually mm-hmm. set out to, because he made the original Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. and a couple really other good horror films. But yeah. by the time this movie out, came out, horror had become kind of garbage, mm-hmm. right? And it was mm-hmm. just always about like big titted woman running <laughs> kind of like sydney says uh, in the r- movie running up the stairs when yeah. she should be going out the front door absolutely it's such a meta play on horror which is why i think everybody gets to love it mm-hmm. and i think that um i told you this off the air because i was mm-hmm. really excited about it that kevin williamson who wrote this movie mm-hmm. has recently said in an interview that billy yes. and Stu, his co-murderer um, they were actually in love with each other. Gay lovers, yeah. Which, which adds a whole new twist to it. Such a good frame to look through the film franchise of, which I truly wish there there could have been a cut scene to like how Billy and Stu were planning and then just like a quick little makeout in a closet or something that us fans <laughs> could have seen. Um, only because Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich being in that situation, I would have loved extra at that point too. But... Mm-hmm. It is. It's an interesting way to look at the f- the film and that particular sex scene because if we're looking at it through the frame of him being closeted and also a sociopath and then serial killer, um, it's just that much more scary. Mm-hmm. You know. One thing that's attached to this movie, but not in this movie directly, that I love is. Um, and it's the only scene I remember from the whole movie, but mm-hmm. the uh, scary movie of it. like. Uh, franchise yes. that made fun of movies. Yes. The scene where they reenact them having sex. Yes. Sydney, who's played by Anna Ferris, has like this chastity belt with like these <laughs> bells and whistles and barbed wire. And when Billy finally opens it, like this 
poof of <laughs> pubic hair jumps out like three and a half feet mm-hmm. and swallows him whole essentially <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do love and i do love the play on the purity culture of it all like mm-hmm. it's this chast it's something she's holding near and dear to her heart and virginity when you lose it you're gonna get immediately murdered like that's the whole play and so it is a very i think funny trope for scary movie to to latch on to which is like okay like you literally have to get a chainsaw to get through this belt to get to a woman's virtue in that particular instance (laughs) so um i know you saw scream five you don't i don't want you to spoil anything because it's too new but do you recommend it Yes, I do. Everybody watch it. All I mean, to in order to get to see Nev um, in any way, shape, or form, please watch it. Yes. And I will not, I cannot say any more or else I will spoil many things about it. So. Is this your favorite Nev film? Oh, the new Scream or the old Scream? The old one. Old Scream is by far my favorite one, yeah. Mm-hmm. By far. It's just, because it's my love for her. That's where it all started, you know? It, gotta, it has to be with the original. I think the scene where she is typing on her computer in her bedroom wearing her little yeah. cute little, ni- her little nightie like, and her clippy. hair up. Yeah. She, I think she's so beautiful in that scene. She's so, so beautiful. I, actually, I think my, one of my t-shirts with Scream on it is... Maybe it's not of her in that scene. I think it's her calling on the phone for the first time. That Nev Campbell haircut in that movie. Did oh. you make yourself a t-shirt? I did not. Ma- I bought it at Urban Outfitters so that I can't. No, I think you took a picture, <laughs> a high resolution photo off the internet and you ironed it on a t-shirt. I wouldn't say that that's above me. I, so I can't defend myself against that. I would do that. <laughs> so it's not about sex, but I will say and I haven't seen as many horror movies yeah. as you have, but the first 10 minutes of this film, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is the scariest thing I've ever seen oh, in a I movie. I like, love the th- to hear that. I think that scene I've done more research on that I think could possibly be possible. Um, but I knowing that they had Drew Barrymore sign on to this film as if she was going to promote it as being the number one main person in it. Mm -hmm. And then her death Mm -hmm. comes in the first, first scene of the film. It was like shocking to people. It was truly shocking. And when I watched this movie recently, Mm -hmm. even though I've seen it several times and I know exactly what's going to happen, it still scares the (sighs) pants off me. That's Wes Craven at his finest. Yes. Then I have to watch the rest of the movie without pants on and it's really really quite cold. (laughs) Or comfier. More comfortable. It probably is. Gotta let her breathe. (laughs) Her. I have to let her breathe. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) Casey, it was so nice having you on. Um, I look forward to having you on so we can talk about the craft very soon (laughs) (laughs) and if you have an idea or a suggestion of a film that we should talk about or a scene from a film we should talk about check us out on social media real sex pod r-e-e-l sex pod or you can always email us at realsexpod at gmail.com thanks Casey of course thank you this has been another episode of real sex with Dr. Noel feel free to turn up the lights or not (laughs) 